You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. Uh, glad that you're here with us this week uh, here at the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, my name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host for the next hour uh, for episode number 208 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm uh, pleased to be uh Taking, taking the host seat today uh, in place of Michael Spinella, uh, who is is off uh, with some prior commitments today. So happy to to be jumping in as a guest host uh, this week and, and very much looking forward to it. And of course, I'm always happy to be joined in the studio by uh, my co-host, your co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder and president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? doing great welcome glad to have uh, you here thank you filling in for my michael's off to a wedding and not, not his own not his, well, i don't think so <laughs> okay no i think did, i was gonna a, say did i miss big news in the team slack somewhere <laughs> we'll have to clarify next week okay. but but no i believe he's just uh, <laughs> attending a wedding ah. uh, today yeah okay um so glad to have you here yeah it, it's it's a big week uh it has been a big week in terms of exhausting week. <laughs> of signings of, of yeah uh, uh, and and uh, some games coming next week. Um, NFL season started. Um, yeah, I know world you're a, news and happenings, and yeah, yeah. I know you're a big fantasy football player, and and our own uh, Rocket Sports leagues got underway. They did, thanks to uh, tip of the hat to our commish Brian, who uh, got all three uh, of our All Habs. Uh, and Rocket Sports Media Fantasy Football Leagues uh, fully filled and underway this week. And fantasy hockey just around the corner. And and t- typically we say, um, you know, watch for our social media. But but the group that listens to this podcast week after week, um, we'll give them a tip that if you want to be in our fantasy hockey, um, send us a text, send us an email. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
We'll, Let us know. Yeah, we'll get you. Brian is like, no, no, don't. Um, but um, no, we'll get you into a, a, a fantasy hockey league. This Absolutely, year. Uh, just like uh, our fantasy football leagues, our fantasy hockey leagues are done uh, via Yahoo Sports, and we've got multiple leagues. Uh, and so we're always happy to have um, mm-hmm. members of our listening audience and readers and and followers and fans uh, join in for the rocket sports fantasy sports whether it's football or hockey so so yeah it's so uh, you you got a, a favorite rocket sports contributor you want to go head to head with them <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's fun bring it on bring it on i'm gonna have to uh yeah i haven't dusted off the trash talking yet not yet i won't do it in the first week of football season scare off our i know <laughs> our new managers but i'll uh Maybe in the second week. We'll see what happens. Look out. <laughs> uh, we've got a great show for you today. As Rick said, uh, it's been quite a week. Uh, we've got plenty of um, roster news to talk about, um, you know, injury updates, signings, all sorts of things going on with the, the Habs roster. So we've got lots to tell you about on that front. Uh, in addition, uh, because of that, it means we've got a lot of audio clips uh, and and quotes from uh, players and members of the Canadians organization uh, to to bring to you and to talk about and kind of analyze and, and break down and so forth, which will be always it's always a lot of fun when we get to do that. Uh, also, some uh, very interesting news from around the NHL to to discuss, uh, some of which has direct ties to the Montreal Canadiens uh, that will be looking forward to to kind of diving into. Um, then in our second segment, our big topic this week is fan goals. You know, we talk so much here uh, on the podcast, of course, from uh, from our perspective as credentialed journalists covering the Canadians and their AHL affiliate and their prospects for for all these years. Um, but you know, it's we would be remiss to not also remember that fans have a very different perspective and fans have their very own different goals and priorities for their favorite hockey team. Uh, and so we're going to uh, spend the second segment kind of taking a look at the results of a recent survey that was put out by The Athletic for Montreal Canadiens fans and and kind of analyze some of the responses and and. Get, kind of paint the picture for you based at least off of this survey's um, results of what Habs fans' expectations, priorities, and goals are uh, for this coming season and beyond. So I think that will be, you know, as as we start looking forward to training camps, I think that's the perfect time to, to take a look at where the fans are sitting uh, in advance of this season. And then finally, in the third segment, of course, we'll get you caught up on all of the latest Rocket Sports content that you might have missed this past week. Uh, in addition, we'll bring you the Canadians Connection question of the week that we always want to hear your answers to get you uh, all set for the upcoming week. And yes, we actually have upcoming important dates for Canadians events. Uh, it's it's that time of year. So lots of, lots to talk about today. Um, Plenty. Yeah. And remember, uh, of course, that this is an interactive podcast. Rick had even mentioned if you if you want to be involved in our fantasy sports or anything, if you have questions, comments, feedback, uh, things you'd like to say, remember that you can text us at any time via the to- the Rocket Sports text line. That's 585-3-ROCKET. Again, that's 
5853-ROCKET. And of course, don't forget to follow us at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Visit our website at canadiansconnection.com. Put a little bookmark in there. And hey, easiest thing, just subscribe to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, However you're listening to it right now, just look down and hit that subscribe button and you'll never miss an episode every Saturday. To kick things off uh, this week, want to talk a little bit about um, the fact that uh, league-wide, the reverse retro jerseys are making a comeback again this year. Uh, and uh, it seems uh, just within the last couple of weeks, Fanatics uh, kind of leaked, not necessarily the designs, but at least the color schemes uh, for what each NHL franchise's reverse retro jersey will will be made up of. Uh, and uh, Rick, it seems that uh, the Habs reverse retro jersey might have a bit of a major league baseball spin on it. It seems that's where they're leaning, at least according to the, the Fanatics leak. We remember uh, the reverse retro jerseys from two seasons ago were... were dis- um, <laughs> bad luck. Uh, they were bad, yeah. The Canadians <laughs> didn't play well uh, when uh, when wearing them. They were kind of a royal blue theme. Um, and a mixed reaction. I think most fans um, like them as a fan jersey to wear on the street. They were odd to see the Canadians wearing them in in kind of a a Rangers blue color Mm -hmm. uh, on the ice. It was, uh, yeah, a little jarring. Um, But Retro 2.0, they're going back to the blue, apparently, going back to to blue, but this time more of a powder blue, and and that, of course, um, is familiar to Montreal Expos fans. Um, and and there's there's a sense that they're going to have a bit of an Expos theme uh, to the Retro 2.0s um, 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 jerseys, and and again that that's coming from the the Fanatics League, and this week. Uh, well circulated on social media and and uh, and throughout the Montreal media, uh, there was there's a graphic designer. His name Luc La Riviere, and um, he put out some his own concept designs, all relating to uh, the Montreal Expos. Um, some using the blue, some with the the Expos gray. Uh, and some that actually spelled out Expos on the front of the jersey. And um, fan reaction was a little bit all over the place um, to those those jerseys. But it looks like, uh, and, and again, these, this, is, this is a graphic designer who put these together, uh, not, nec- not related to, uh, he isn't working for the Canadians. It's his own uh, concept design. So we'll wait and see um and uh see what the canadians come up with but we again and 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 we we really want to hear from you as far as what you think about uh an expo's theme themed um retro 2.0 2.0 jersey and as far as the rest of the league goes i look forward to the reveal of all of the reverse retros and if there's any one team in the league whose reverse retro jersey is I would hope all the guaranteed to be even better than the previous one. It's got to be Winnipeg because last time it was a non-factor. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Leafs. The Leafs was bad. Um, uh, there's, I see. There's a lot of discussion in in Islanders land uh, that Captain Highliner, the Captain Highliner yeah. fisherman uh, logo is coming back. It's the uh, Mighty Ducks logo is coming back yeah, apparently yeah. for Anaheim. So it'll be fun. The reverse retro jerseys are certainly fun. 
Uh, and, and it'll be fun to see if Montreal does, in fact, go the route of uh, an Expo's inspiration. And uh, we'll be sure to, to talk about it when, when official announcements are actually made. Uh, but uh, before that, uh, there was a lot of Habs news happening this week. First and foremost, we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago when it was announced uh, who would be participating in this year's NHLPA Rookie Showcase uh, held out in the Washington, D.C. era area. Uh, as a reminder, the, the annual Rookie Showcase uh, is a, basically an opportunity for Upper Deck to take all of their top prospect uh media materials, their, their, their action photographs, their trading card photographs, video, uh, things of that nature. Uh, because of the pandemic, uh, it wasn't held last year. So the 2021 and 2022 top prospects were there together. Uh, you know, the all Habs social media accounts and so forth were sure to circulate, uh, the photos that came out of, of Uri Slavkovsky in, in his full Canadians gear, uh, you know, kind of looking on with Owen Power in in his respective gear as well uh, and Rick it was uh, it was just kind of fun to see uh your eye out there with with all of the rookies uh head to toe Habs uniform just looking like he's been wearing that for a long time and <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure all the rookies had a had a really unique experience this past week uh, for sure um it was uh, the first time uh Slavkovsky uh, as you said head to toe in in Habs gear uh, and um, he being the, the number one choice of the 2022 draft alongside Owen Power, the number one choice of the 2021 draft. Um, just as you said, it was, it was mostly uh, promotional, but it was also an opportunity to, um, for uh, media to get in some questions with all of the, uh, the prospects assembled. Uh, so we got a bit of audio from um, Slavkovsky that will come up in our quotes of the week section. All of this happening at the uh, Washington Capitals um, uh, training facility in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, then Slavkovsky turned around, head headed right back to Montreal. And things uh, on the home front in Montreal were also bubbling with activity. Um, a bunch of a bunch of news uh, regarding the roster hitting uh, uh, the headlines and so forth this week. First and foremost was that the Canadians finally inked a deal with Kirby Doc, uh, and that contract coming in at a four year. $13.45 million contract. Uh, and uh, Rick, it was kind of a, we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and finally uh, they got a deal done and uh, not, not too shabby of a term for Kirby doc um, after a, kind of what you could call a tumultuous uh, first three years with the Chicago Blackhawks uh, getting a four year deal done with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, very underwhelming. Um, he hasn't obviously lived up to expectations, and and um, you know there was there was uh, injury um, uh, involved in that, but not not that that doesn't explain uh, the the first three years. Um, the four year contract is is maybe a bit of a surprise uh, that that. Uh, most of the speculation was around a two-year kind of prove me contract. Prove me from uh, from both sides, from uh, b- both perspectives that um, that Kirby Doc would be wanting to take a short-term contract uh, because he didn't have uh, much leverage at the time. 
Um, and uh, particularly, um, you know, when, when you compare him, looking for comparables, uh, the one that obviously stands out is Capo Caco with the New York Rangers. Uh, Capo Caco taken in the, uh, also taken in the 2019 draft, second overall, Kirby Doc taken third. And their stats are, are remarkably equal. Um, uh, Capo Caco, 58 points in 157 games with the New York Rangers. Doc had 59 points, one more point, um, in five fewer games, 152 games with the Chicago Blackhawks. And, and it was uh, Caco that signed a two-year contract at $2.1 million. Uh, so most you know, most were estimating in the $2.5 million range for uh, Kirby Doc. Uh, the Canadians went a different route here. And um, uh, we call this episode uh, Betting on Doc. Um, uh, it, was, it was Ken Hughes that used the words, uh, we're betting on Kirby Doc uh, in, his, in the press conference. Um, and it seems that, um, you know, Ken Hughes is tying his horse to uh, to Kirby Doc, um, and and so in that way, uh, the four-year contract was something that that made sense uh, to him, um, and and it's a risk, uh, obviously a risk, uh, but they feel uh, Ken Hughes feels that with that that um, that the Montreal Canadiens are just a better place uh, for Kirby Doc that will fit his his style of play uh, and, and with the development staff that Hughes has put in place will allow him to reach his potential uh, where he wasn't able to do that with Chicago. So uh, the contract comes out at 3.3625 million per season. That means that he's overpaid in the first year. Hopefully if he gets to potential, he'd be underpaid in, in the, the last two years of the contract, and it all averages out that way with uh, that cap hit um, uh, per season. And we'll be able to uh, dive a little bit more into those comments uh, coming up in our Quotes of the Week segment when we're going to hear from Kent Hughes and Kirby Doc uh, from their press conference following the announcement. Uh, but however, during that announcement, of course, uh, you know, Kent Hughes and the Montreal Canadiens were already over the cap going into this contract. Uh, signing Kirby Doc to this deal put them way over the cap. Uh, that meant something needed to give. And uh, Kent Hughes went ahead and confirmed that Carey Price would be placed on off-season long-term injured reserve, uh, LTIR, in order to create uh, some breathing room. Uh, they're not done yet. He's still going to need to make some moves um, in order to get cap compliant before before opening night, but the bigger uh, point being that Carey Price now on off-season LTIR, um, and 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 within 24 hours of that announcement as well, uh, seemed to at least acknowledge uh, his fans for all of their support on his own social media as well. So yeah, it, it when we last uh, heard from um, uh, Kent Hughes during the Monaghan uh, uh, press conference, he had said at that point he wasn't sure that that he he knew that Carey Price would be going on LTIR, didn't know if it would be off season or in season. Um, they've chosen off season in order to because, uh, as you said, a, a move hadn't been made. So uh, in order to get Kirby Doc. 
um, into the uh, into the training for into Brassard and getting used to um, Brassard, getting used to his teammates. Um, even though training camp hasn't started, there's a lot of them there already. Um, and Kirby was was. Uh, um, appreciative to get on the ice. They wanted to get this deal done, and so Price was placed on uh, the off-season LTIR. Uh, you, you mentioned um, uh, that Carey Price put out a message on his Instagram. Uh, it said, I just want to thank everyone who supported me over the last few months, weeks, or years. These, uh, these were very emotional moments for me. Merci. Um, a little cryptic, um, mm-hmm. and and left it open to er- interpretation, and some people took that and absolutely ran, ran with it. it. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll say that you know it's been a difficult time uh, being injured, wanting to play, the emotion of the Stanley Cup final, uh, not being able. He and she, Shea Weber, um, you know, just laying their bodies out uh, in order to uh, take the Canadians as far as they did uh, and then not being able to, to play that following year. Um, the, the emotion of, of the expansion draft, all of those could be what he's referring to here. But of course, um, yeah, <laughs> it, we just don't there's, know yet. <laughs> there's all kinds of speculation. <laughs> right. We're not going to speculate. We'll wait till um, Carey Price, um, uh, during training camp comes to the microphones as been promised with the uh, Canadians doctors and uh, we'll get more information uh, from him and the team then. There are other players who are also rehabbing injuries and Kent Hughes uh, made sure to provide at least a brief update on them as well. Um, the, the probably the, the good piece of news was that uh, Paul Byron does seem to be on the right path uh, to be healthy while it's not going to be opening night, Kent Hughes alluded to perhaps a couple of weeks into the season. So um, that's certainly good news for for the Canadians and for their fans. If you know Paul Byron's been dealing with with this injury nonsense for for quite a while, and if it looks like he's going to be back in game shape sooner rather than later, then that's certainly some big upside for Kent Hughes to be able to announce. Yeah, we, when we last heard from Paul Byron, it was at uh, Dominic Ducharme's uh, golf tournament, and he sounded very frustrated. Of course, his off-season hip surgery wasn't um, recovering as quickly as he had hoped. Um, and uh, so Kent Hughes has left a, a, the window pretty wide, uh, only saying that that Paul Byron will return and and will um, he's confident that he'll play sometime during the season. As you said, he said he speculated maybe it'll take a couple of weeks, but uh, he left it pretty wide open, but confident that that um, he'll be able to return. So it sounds like um, Paul Byron will start the season on LTIR as well. Sooner uh, than that, however, it seems that both Sean Monahan and Jonathan Duran should be ready uh, a little closer to opening day. Sean Monahan, of course, when he spoke to media a few weeks ago, said that he didn't want to put a date on his return, uh, but that he was feeling really good. Uh, wasn't sure that it would be opening night, but that it would be pretty close behind that. Kent, Kent Hughes confirming that that positive progression continues uh, and that Monahan is is feeling pretty good and rehabbing well. So we could see him 
pretty close to opening night. Uh, and then at the end of it, Hughes kind of threw in, uh, and the same goes for Joe, meaning that uh, he's feeling that Drew Ann is also relatively close, uh, likely probably not for opening night, but, but not too far behind. Yeah, kind of in the same situation, Duran and Monaghan, uh, currently on, on LTIR. Um, Monaghan sounds like uh, it's important to him to play uh, against the, the Leafs on opening night, but but is not going to force things. Jonathan Duran, we saw him at... Um, we saw him at a ball hockey tournament. Uh, we saw him at the three-on-three tournament. Um, uh, conditioning looks like uh, he needs to uh, ramp up a little bit, but um, but he he said himself that uh, no problems with the wrists and and he should be ready to go close to, to opening night. Now, of course, ever since Kent Hughes just came out and dropped the bombshell earlier uh, last month that it was looking like Carey Price wouldn't be able to return to play this season strictly through the rehab process, that a different kind of intervention would likely be needed if if he was going to be able to play again. Uh, we've we've talked in, in on numerous occasions that, of course, the speculation was running wild about what that meant for Carey Price's playing future and so forth. And so with that comes, of course, uh, the rumors of other perhaps backup plans coming into place or things getting shifted around, priorities getting shifted, uh, development ideas getting accelerated, and so on and so forth. Uh, Kevin Weeks uh, adding to the rumor mill this week saying uh, on social media that his sources are telling him that the Canadians are in discussions with Jake Allen regarding a multi-year contract extension uh, that uh, and I believe I saw uh, another another person, Andy Strickland, yeah. Andy Strickland this week, kind of concurring with that and saying while a deal was not imminent, that both sides were eager to get it done. So that's opening uh, Rick another another door of speculation as as to prices availability, not just this year but in future years as well. If they're seeking already a multi year extension with uh, not exactly a spring chicken, Jake Allen. Yeah, and Jake Allen, who um, I, I think everybody can agree is is no longer categorized as a, a number one starting goaltender. Um, he he lost that job when he uh, in St. Louis before he came to Montreal, and then was the obvious and and very comfortable with being a, a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so the it's changed, and I think it's changed because uh, because of uh, the situation with Carey Price, but also Kent Hughes said. There is no um, obvious uh, number one goaltender in the organization up and coming, um, and so uh, you know, will will uh, Jake Allen? Um, he's he's the guy they know. Um, maybe not uh, you know in the category of a number one anymore, but he's someone they're they're comfortable with. Jake Allen likes being in Montreal. He's close to home. Uh, in New Brunswick, and and uh, uh, I I think uh, you know it it makes sense given um, that there's there's no one else on the horizon, and and it looks like the Canadians are not willing to go out uh, and and uh, put together a trade or a free agent goaltender at this time, um, while they're expected not to be uh, competitive over the next couple of years. Why not just continue with uh, with Jake Allen? Then what came as, to me, probably the most 
astonishing news uh, of the week. There was one pending RFA left on on the docket that needed to be signed, and that was uh, the Habs' top goaltending prospect, young Caden Primo. And the day after the Kirby Dock contract was signed, it was announced that they finally came to terms with with Primo on a three-year contract extension um, with a with a you know a, a reasonable price tag on it about uh, 2.67 million dollars total for all three years so making less than a million the first two years uh, and then uh, 1.1 in the third the thing that was the kicker for me is that it is a one-way contract for Caden Primo which uh, this is this is where I think um, this for me was the biggest, maybe perhaps writing on the wall as to to what we might be hearing in the coming weeks about Carey Price, uh, if they're willing to sign Primo to uh, who who has been well documented by Primo, his coach, his his goaltending tandem partner, and other members of the the management team in Montreal. Uh, that what was that's that what's really needed for him is another solid year in the AHL. Uh, but it seems that that. Uh, his timeline may be getting a, a bit accelerated with a one-way deal. Yeah, it's just uh, a bit bizarre and and uh, maybe also says something about the organization and what, what they feel about Sam Montembeau. Um, Caden Primo obviously needs more time in the AHL. Um, you know, the, the compliments were, were very generous after uh, his, the playoff run of the Laval Rocket and where... where um, Caden Primo looked like a very confident goaltender. Yeah. Uh, but he rarely had to um, make those second saves. Uh, as I've said many, many times, uh, Laval Rocket was best in uh, the AHL, and they cleaned up for him in the playoffs. And Their and, defense, uh, yeah. The, def- the, the, the Laval Rocket defense cleaned up and... and um, was 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 very uh, helpful to Caden Primo. That built his confidence, and he was able to go on a bit of a, a run there. Um, but his his numbers. What you want to see is is a goaltender who's uh, dominating at the AHL level. And Primo's never done that. He's been decidedly mediocre at um, the AHL level, and and just uh, you know, it's he's been a disaster when called up uh, to the NHL. That's uh, there's no other way around, other way to say it. Uh, so giving him a one way contract um, is 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 very generous, and and um, um, you know, making the he'll he'll make the NHL minimum. Uh, this upcoming season, and and then it 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 uh, goes up from there. Um, so w- what's going to happen now? He he um, will not have to be exposed to waivers this year. He can be sent down, but then he he makes his NHL salary uh, with the Laval Rocket. Um, so that's. Uh, well, I, you know, he came into these negotiations with no leverage, zero leverage, and uh, did quite well out of this. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised, but it must mean something about the direction, um, and and factor into that as well that uh, Caden Primo is not seen by the organization. Kent Hughes went um, out of his way to say that. Um, that that there is no goaltender in the the, the uh, organization that is seen as a number a future number one. So 
um, what's going on. We're, we'll know, we'll know during training camp, but, mm-hmm. uh, is there a possibility that Caden Primo stays with the Canadians, uh, um, for the start of the season? Well, I think that that possibility is, has increased, uh, since this announcement. And all I'll have to say about that is I hope that that doesn't end up being as bad for Caden Primo's development as I fear it would be. Um, but it is, uh, you know, everyone hates this phrase. I hate it sometimes too. It is what it is. There's no, it, the, the contract's been done and we're going to have to wait and see how training camp shakes out. So it, very, very interesting development there this week. Um, and then perhaps, <laughs> perhaps uh, you know, like, I know, I get it. Sometimes, you know, as new seasons start, there's there's times that guys want to change numbers. And uh, apparently Jonathan Drouin, uh, we know that Sean Monaghan, you know, who was wearing number 92 all these years for Montreal, we know that Sean Monaghan would be right next to him in the in the numerical lineup wearing, uh, opting for number 91. But Drouin has decided that he is going to go back to the number that he wore with the Halifax Mooseheads and has decided to switch to number 27 for the upcoming season oh that's what the problem was i i didn't i didn't Mm -hmm. realize um the 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 comments on uh the canadian social media uh by fans are just uh they're brutal um (laughs) canadians fans are are quite amusing um if if you're an owner of Jonathan Drouin uh, jersey, uh, jersey sweater, you have my sympathies because remember he was introduced. Um, he signed that big con- he, the the trade happened. He he signed almost immediately the big contract, and he was introduced to uh, the Montreal Canadiens um, wearing a number seventy two jersey. Of course, that's a reverse of his favorite number twenty seven. The one, as you said, he wore with uh, the uh, the Halifax Mooseheads, um, and 27 wasn't available uh, at the time because being worn by Alex Galchenyuk, another third overall pick. Um, so he picked 92 and wore that for a bit, and now uh, with um, uh, Romanoff leaving, um, the 27 became available again. I thought it was fun to revisit um, with with Jonathan Drouin picking number 92 at the time, going from 72 to 92. Uh, he was only the second player um, in Canadians history to ever wear, wear um, number 92, the first being Steve Ott. And mm-hmm. when Jonathan Drouin sent out a, a, a tweet uh, saying, I'll be wearing number 92 this season, um, it was one year after Steve Ott, um, who had played, who was a, a trade deadline acquisition. He had played 11 games for uh, for the Canadians. Steve Ott tweeted back, hey, Jonathan, great news. I left a lot of goals in that jersey for you. Um, <laughs> because Steve Ott didn't score any goals. No. He only had one assist in his 11 games in the 2016-17 uh, season. So Jonathan Drouin was actually the first player to score a goal uh, wearing number 20, uh, uh, 92. Um, just not enough. Just not not no. what was expected. So, um, yes, the jersey carousel um, continues, but for now it's going to be number 27 for Jonathan <laughs> Durant. All right. Well, um, 
As far as uh, prospect news, our, our Habs hockey report will, uh, Habs, excuse me, Habs prospect report will be back uh, next week. Uh, we just uh, want to be sure to remind you, of course, to check out the content on AHLreport.com, uh, particularly with, you know, rookie camp coming up and so forth. We'll be starting to focus on the Laval Rocket and, and the Habs prospects coming up soon. And of course, we'll have a brand new episode of the Press Zone podcast coming up on Tuesday. Tuesday uh, with uh, myself, Rick Stevens, Patrick Williams will be joining us for that. Uh, so be sure that you check that out and subscribe at thepresszone.fm. Here's a bit of a spoiler. We're going to be talking about who the Canadians um, have invited to rookie camp. And there's a goaltender that has been invited. I'm not going to say any more than that. Really? Riley Mercer. But anyway... We'll talk about that really? on the press zone. All right. Um, so we've mentioned a few times that we've got some great audio clips uh, to get to this week. Um, and so without further ado, let's let's start with Yuri Slavkovsky. Uh, and he was asked at the NHLPA Rookie Showcase this week, uh, basically, you know, what his what his perspective and, and goals are going into rookie camp and training camp uh, uh, this this month and whether or not he believes that he'll be starting the season in Montreal. I think I first I need to go yeah through the camps and like get used to it, get used to the players and the style and fit into the team and yeah then we will see. I'm trying to do everything so I play in NHL but uh, of course I will do what whatever Montreal say and whatever they they think will be best for me, but first I want to do everything so I'm ready to play in NHL. So it's kind of unusual that um, a first overall doesn't have an opportunity to, to play in um, the NHL. And Power didn't, uh, went back to college last year. Um, but uh, we remember Jeff Gorton saying um, that Yuri Slavkovsky would be given every opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to make the lineup. and, and um, But... Uh, Interesting. He says all the right things there. I'll I'll he do <laughs> I'll do whatever uh, the Canadians tell me to do, uh, whatever they think is is best for me. But I'd really, really, really like to make the NHL. Well, I'm sure that he would. I think a lot of people uh, would also like to see. Uh, you know, it was a it was a it, pretty controversial uh, first round, first overall selection. I think everyone's pretty eager to see what this young man could be capable of at the NHL level. So it'll be, it'll be fun to watch that unfold. Uh, of course, then we mentioned uh, the, the Kirby Doc contract signing. Uh, and as Rick had mentioned, uh, the, the title of this week's episode is Habs Betting on Doc. And that coming directly from uh, the Montreal GM, Kent Hughes. And here's what he had to say about uh, inking Kirby Doc to a four-year deal. You know, we're comfortable with who Kirby Doc is as a human being, first and foremost, and what his potential is. There's no such thing as being 100% certain in this business, uh, but we believe he's got a lot of potential, and we believe in this environment with our group, with our coach, with our development group, and, and the character of the locker room, uh, that this is a better environment for Kirby Doc. And, and uh, in that environment, we're comfortable that uh, he's going to uh, achieve good things in, in the Montreal Canadiens organization. Do we know 100%? No, but we do believe that uh, we're prepared to bet on it. We're prepared to bet on it. We're betting on Doc. Um, bet, betting 
as you know, um, carries risk. And, and mm-hmm. this is, this is a risk. The, uh, the trade itself, uh, the Canadians gave up a lot um, in order to get him, um, and um, but this is this is uh, a risk. This is a bet, uh, and particularly the four years committing to Kirby Doc uh, and allowing him to um, you know achieve his potential. The the, the nice thing, I guess, uh, for both the Canadians and for Kirby Doc is it extends the window of of scrutiny um you know if you sign a two-year contract a, a, a two-year prove me contract uh you'd have to prove yourself in that two years this kind of opens it up and gives him more time uh to reach his potential kirby doc of course had uh, his own input during this press conference and he certainly uh went on for quite a bit talking about uh that this Coming to Montreal gives him, uh, as he puts it, kind of a chance to to restart his career with the change of scenery coming to the Canadians. Um, but coming here, it's kind of just uh, like it's almost a restart for me. Um, obviously, like you said, the three years in Chicago, ups and downs, whether it's things like control or, or not control. But um, I'm in a good spot. I feel good with my game. It was good to get out and skate with some of the guys today. And I think the, the biggest takeaway I have coming here is just to, to play free and um, be creative and uh, just use my instincts a little bit more, trust myself around the net, shoot a little more pucks, um, just kind of be that uh, that dual threat player that, that I want to become. And I spent uh, most of the summer working on that and just uh, trying to break out of the past three years and put it behind me and, and focus on the positives moving forward. So um, he talks about um, being a, a becoming a two way player, and usually that means a young for a young player that they have to uh, improve and focus on the defensive side of the game. Uh, he's actually been very good at that. Uh, he was in in Chicago. Uh, his defensive game was not the issue; it was his offensive game. Um, he is a skilled player. He skates well, um, but wasn't contributing in Chicago. Twenty three points his first season. Ten points that was the injury season, and twenty six points uh, in seventy games last year. Uh, just not, um, you know, that's that's pretty underwhelming. Um, so, and and the other part of it is that his size is always touted, uh, but yet he's been a player who has not played uh, um, using his size. He hasn't been physical um, at all. So uh, those are things that uh, improve his strength, uh, improve his ability to engage uh, physically in the offseason, and let's hope that uh, he worked on his face-offs as well because he was at the bottom of the league in terms of face-off uh, percentage. And if he's going to be uh, a center in, in Montreal, that uh, it's got to be better than 30-odd percent. For sure. Uh, and as you had mentioned earlier, you know, some had, had wondered if it would be a, a shorter term on his contract, maybe two years, but we know that it is a four-year deal. And here is what Kirby Doc had to say about signing uh, a contract with that kind of term attached to it. Just kind of figured uh, that the four years gives me a little more time to grow and develop, especially with this team and where the, the direction's heading and to get in the groove with the guys and kind of start to build something chemistry-wise in the locker room and uh, build, a, build a team here. So I think that the four-year deal, deal really helped me out in, in the, kind of the long run, yeah. Um, if things all go well and we're sitting here at the end of two years, I might be leaving money on the table, but at the end of the day, it's about winning Stanley Cups and not about uh, 
making a lot of money. Obviously, that comes down the road, but that's second thought after winning. So he talks about the the slope um, to success is is uh, you know is not going to be so pitched um, in in um, so elevated over those two years. It's it's uh, the expectations will be over the four years, um, and and yes, um, by the third or fourth year. Uh, maybe he's leaving money on the table, as he said, but he's been overpaid uh, in the first two years, so it all kind of works out. And, oh, by the way, uh, that's not the focus. The focus is the Stanley Cup. So, uh, you know, a, a, a good answer for him there. For sure. Um, of course, following that, the very next day, Caden Primo's contract extension uh, announcement uh, came, and Primo met with the media briefly as well. Here's what he had to say about uh, the length of his term being three years. Going into it, I initially um, was hoping hoping for a uh, two-year contract, and um, with a three-year contract, um, it's exciting, um, and uh, it shows the the commitment on both sides. Um, and yeah, so it's it's really exciting and. Um, I'm uh, fortunate for the opportunity. So Caden Primo's agent went into the negotiations and said, damn it, Caden needs a two-year contract. And Ken Hughes said, okay, we'll give you three. I I guess. I I, I guess. That's what happens when you're negotiating with a former agent, I suppose. Um, I I thought that was was cute by Caden there. Um, What I found interesting is that that answer was the answer he provided when pointedly asked, basically, were you surprised and what does the one-way portion of your contract mean? And he, I don't know, pretended that he missed, he either, he definitely deflected and mm-hmm. this was his answer. Instead, he said, he said exactly, there wasn't anything clipped from from the front of this clip. The question was, uh, can you talk about the fact that it's a one-way deal and what that means to you and for you? And he said, "Well, I went into it hoping I was going to get a two-year contract, and it ended up being a three-year." And went on, and it was just kind of like, "Okay." So that that was that was the interesting part of that quote for me was that he completely deflected, uh, not once. He was asked it again later in the press conference, and he deflected again. So. Thought that was very interesting. Not something either he or the organization wanted him to talk about. Exactly, uh, which I think was a bit telling. Uh, of course, he was also asked, you know, what his thoughts are uh, on the potential of becoming. Uh, in fact, I think someone even may have mentioned to him that that uh, Kent Hughes had said earlier this year that there wasn't a clear future number one goaltender uh, in in the in the pipeline, and asked him, you know, what his thoughts were on himself eventually possibly becoming the starting goaltender in Montreal. And this is what Caden Primo had to say. I think that's, um, you know, any, any kid's uh, goal growing up, they want to um, be the number one at the highest level. Um, and uh, no, the, the goal has stayed the same for me. Um, yeah. I, I want to play at the highest level. I want to play. Uh, I want to be the, the guy at the highest level. Um and so I'm just going to take it day by day. And, um, yeah, it's exciting to, to be able to have uh, three years to, um, to try to do that. 
Me too, I would say. Um, you know, playing road hockey in the, in the front <laughs> of the house in Thunder Bay. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to be the number one goaltender. It wasn't a very... Well, listen, um, we can acknowledge Caden Primo is not the best interview. He, no, um he struggles in interviews. He struggles. And, and um, so it didn't really answer, um, you know, a childhood dream to be the number one goaltender. Okay, that's nice. But, but after that... Uh, and then just uh, threw in some cliches day by day, and and we'll see what happens. Um, it's it's probably not going to be not not going to happen. Just the trajectory that he has so far. Um, he he still has the opportunity to be an NHL goaltender, maybe a a, a good solid backup. We don't know, uh, but the the path that he's on doesn't doesn't lead anybody to think. I know he's young, uh, but that he can be that number one goaltender. Kent Hughes doesn't sound like he thinks he can be that, uh, but um, you know, there's still hope. There's still hope. We'll have to see how he responds uh, to the pressures, and we'll see what he's able to do at training camp. Uh, around the league, uh, a couple of things uh, happening. Uh, block, you know, Ottawa, boy, let me tell you. <laughs> Ottawa has been making some splashes this uh, this offseason, and they do it again, signing forward Tim Stutzla to a contract extension. It's a it's a it's a small contract extension, you know, just a measly eight year, sixty six point eight million dollar contract extension, which is just absolutely tremendous for the player and for the Ottawa Senators. Great for Tim Stutzla and, and the Ottawa Senators are obviously a little further ahead, uh, along in, in their rebuild. And, and this is what it looks like. I, uh, I like it. I like it. I think Ottawa is going to be a, a fun team to watch uh, uh, this year and, and watch them play against the Canadians. Uh, former Canadians, members of the Canadians organization, uh, all seem to be congregating into TVS sport for this, uh, this <laughs> upcoming season. First of all, uh, have been keeping an eye on where Matthew Perot was going to land, uh, after last season's, uh, kind of tumultuous season for him. Uh, well, it turns out he's announced his retirement from hockey and will be joining TVS sport. He played uh, 25 games for the Canadians. Um, he had some injuries in there, um, healthy scratch as well. I guess the highlight of his se- uh, his season came rather early. Uh, he got a hat trick against the Detroit Red Wings on the 23rd of October. Um, he's 34 years old and and has decided to retire. Um, after a 13-season uh, career in the NHL, best remembered, I think, not I think, he is best remembered as a member of the Winnipeg Jets and, and rather beloved uh, in that city. Um, and um, he, he saw the writing on the wall and, and has decided to uh, uh, join, go over the dark side and join the media crew and will be part of uh, TV Aspore. You know, and sometimes there are those who, uh, particularly in the coaching realm, who after they after they play, you know, it's it's very common to to enter the media realm for for retired athletes and and so forth. Or, you know, sometimes you you go through different phases of your post playing career. Uh, and a couple of former coaches at different levels for the Montreal Canadiens find themselves um, back 
in front of a TV camera. For Joel Bouchard, it wasn't uh, it wasn't too long of a trip away from the TV cameras. In fact, uh, Joel Bouchard and Michelle Terrian have been added to TV House Sports for their Saturday night hockey broadcast. So if you've ever wanted to know what the minds of Bouchard and Terrian would put together for you for Saturday night hockey analysis, um, well, you're in for a treat. Michelle Terrian, obviously the more accomplished, uh, the more experienced For coach, sure. uh, 12 seasons in the NHL as head coach. Um, let's be honest, Joel <laughs> Bouchard uh, is is much more uh, comfortable as a media uh, personality than as, as a head coach. Um, I, in fact, you know, at times, uh, very good with his press conferences, very good uh, behind the microphone. But uh, you, you know, we felt that he was he was performing uh, mm-hmm. as a member of the media. So uh, it's it's a it's an interesting crew that they're assembling of former uh, players at uh, TV off for their uh, for their um, uh, hockey broadcasts and. And uh, there won't be any shortage of opinions, uh, that's for certain. <laughs> Not in the least. Um, an interesting uh, programming note for this upcoming uh, week that I think a lot of people will want to tune into, uh, starting on uh, premiering on September 14th on CBC and GEM. Of course, it is the 50th anniversary of the Summit series and the Summit 72 documentary will be premiering on September 14th. And it looks to be... Uh, kind of can't miss television. Well, we've been the last few weeks, we've been as we approach the 50th anniversary of that um, historic game on September 28th, 50 years uh, ago in 1972, uh, the final game of, of the 72 Summit Series between Canada and the U- USSR. We've been we've been talking about Ken Dryden the past few podcasts, and uh, and now we get to the uh, another documentary that's been put together. This is a four part documentary um, put together by CBC, uh, one hour uh, um, segments each time. So Wednesday, September fourteenth, and then the following three uh, consecutive Wednesdays at eight p.m. Eastern, uh, you'll find um, Summit seventy two, and they promise. Uh, that there's been some uh, unseen footage, uh, and the footage that they have, they've uh, restored in 4K. Uh, so you might, um, and, and the 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 clips that we've seen, uh, the the video is is very very good. So it should be something that appeals to uh, to folks who who have memories of that series, as well as as. Uh, younger fans who uh, maybe are as uh, a little more unfamiliar with it. Absolutely. It's going to, I think it looks like it's going to be a good program. I can't wait to see it. Um, all right. We are going to take our first break here on uh, this episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. We have a, a, a quick commercial break for you, bringing you a, a new incentive from our great sponsors over at DraftKings, uh, courtesy of our affiliation with the Hockey Podcast Network. Have to say, uh, you definitely you don't want to miss this this great new incentive from DraftKings for the opening week of the NFL season. I even took advantage of this this week. I placed some bets for the Thursday night game uh, and used uh, one of these uh, incentives in in this in this new ad uh, myself. So uh, we are going to hear from DraftKings, uh, and on the other side of that, Rick and I are going to dive into the big topic and talk about what Montreal Canadiens fans' goals are for this coming season. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Canadiens Connection right here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Again, I'm your name. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson. Uh, if you would like to find me on Twitter, uh, I, you can find me at Flyers Rule. Uh, and with me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him, which you should be doing already, because I bet you're already following at all Habs on Twitter, and that's, of course, where you can find Rick Stevens. Uh, you can also be sure to follow this podcast. Follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our website, if you've not been there, uh, in addition to allhabs.net, which is our, our main website, but the, the website for this podcast is canadiansconnection.com. And of course, as I mentioned earlier in the show, just remember to subscribe to this podcast. If you're a new listener or perhaps you've been listening for a little while uh, and and just haven't hit that subscribe button, now's the perfect time to do it before a very exciting hockey season embarks in just a couple of weeks. Uh, in this segment, uh, we always cover a big topic. And as as we kind of hinted at the top of the show, uh, it's, it's a perfect time of year before we get into the X's and O's of the seasons to kind of take the temperature of fans. And uh, the, the folks over at The Athletic uh, actually um, went ahead with a, with a fan survey uh, in the last couple of weeks, drawing almost 3,000 participants and responders to their survey. Um, but really, you know, it's, it's, it, was, it was a difficult season for, I think, everyone the 2021-22 season for the team, for the management, for folks in the media, and especially for fans. It was painful. It was difficult. It was frustrating. It was aggravating. It was infuriating at times. Um, And so the team finished last in the NHL, uh, earned themselves a a good position in the draft lottery, got the first overall pick, and uh, went ahead and selected your Slavkovsky, and and off-season moves have been have been made, uh, setting up what is looking to be the first season of a rebuild for the Montreal Canadiens. And and sometimes, you know, while there's a lot of excitement from fans about you know, okay, there's hope for the future, um, it's it's a lot uh, to to go through what everyone went through last season. And kind of almost brace yourself for, okay, we're hoping it's going to be better, but it might only be very marginally 
better. It might, you know, it's it's it might take a little bit of time. And so there's a lot of expectations about where are, you know, how are the Habs going to actually perform in this first year of the rebuild and how are fans feeling about the path forward? How are fans feeling about this immediate season or the, the two, three, four, five seasons to come after that? And so, um, the, 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 the initial topic that the athletic tackled, um, in this survey to, to fans was whether or not Canadians fans have the ability to be patient. Uh, and they referenced the fact that, uh, Mark Bergevin had had notoriously said a number of years ago that that he believed, uh, you know, wholeheartedly that he said, let's be honest, uh, Montreal isn't a market uh, that has a lot of patience for a rebuild. Um, and so basically kind of insinuating that the fan base would never uh, stand for season after season of of failure or not uh, dominating or, or competing Um in order to go through what a proper rebuild would need. Um, and Rick, I mean, it's, there's a whole lot of different angles and, and layers to that of, of being patient and, and having and tempering expectations and understanding that development needs to be a priority for a while and, and what is really involved in a true rebuild. Um, but according to the, the athletic survey, they say, Uh, 76.7% of respondents indicated, quote, they were ready to wait three or four years for the Canadians' rebuild to produce lasting success. So, um, and and maybe I'll just back up a second here. Sure. And and that is that um, the the athletic surveyed 3,000 people uh, from their community, and and um, you know if you have a, a subscription to the athletic, you can read the the results and their conclusions um, um, in in detail. We're not we're not going to get into all of that. We'll take some of the questions, uh, but we have our own fan community, a rather enormous fan yeah. community uh, on social media. Fifty thousand uh, fans on Facebook, more than sixty thousand on on Twitter, um, and and our websites. Uh, we hear from fans every single day, uh, and and we know we also are in, have our finger on the pulse of what fans are thinking. So we're going to try to blend some of that uh, with with uh, some of the con- conclusions or, or responses uh, to the athletic uh, survey here. Um, and, and as you said, the, the most critical one is um, that, that 76% said they're willing to wait three or four years uh, for lasting success. Lasting su- success um, is making it uh, is termed, and, and we've heard uh, Kent Hughes use that term, lasting success, it's kind of um, not what happened to the Canadians last time when they made it uh, to the Stanley Cup final. That's more fleeting success. That was success based right. on uh, two players, essentially, uh, Carey Price and Shea Weber, putting the team on on its back and, and carrying them to the Stanley Cup final. Unsustainable. Um, so what what has to happen is, is in a traditional rebuild, um, is you spend uh, several years, multiple years at the bottom of the standings. You're collecting um, top draft picks. 
you're assembling, uh, you know, um, a, a number of of uh, of uh, high quality draft picks, prospects to be able to uh, start rebuilding your entire organization. Um, and according to the to the uh, the athletic, that uh, there's a, a good majority that that can wait three or four years. Um, now listen, uh, these folks aren't social scientists that they've, they've done none of the, uh, to, to be able to make, um, meaningful conclusions from the survey. Uh, you know, obviously you, you, you'd insert some check questions, some questions about, uh, expectations and that sort of thing to kind of make sure that fans are, are saying what they mean. And I know that when we talk to fans, um, they say they're willing to be patient. They're willing to to um, uh, wait. But then when you ask them, but what's going to happen next year? Oh, well, uh, I'm sure that the Canadians are going to be better and they're going to surprise people. And uh, they, you just don't realize what kind of offense we have and we're going to be scoring a lot of goals and, <laughs> and there's a chance that we can make the playoffs and be, they become fans all over again. And uh, it was painful, as you said, uh, that one season. I don't know that... Um, that if push comes to shove, I, I, I know when you're answering a survey, it's easy to say, ah, I can be patient four years. Mm-hmm. Try going through that. Uh, talk to other organizations who have gone through that. It's tough as a fan base. Uh, and I think that's why we're seeing, we talked about a couple of podcasts ago, how the Canadians are using a different approach, not a traditional rebuild, that they're trying to accelerate the process of the rebuilding into a hybrid uh, of sorts that is going to be palatable to the Montreal market while doing the kinds of things you need to do during a rebuild. So um, take take this response, I think, or take the conclusions, I think, with a bit of a grain of salt uh, that, that Canadians fans would be uh, ready for a... Uh, because remember, uh, a four-year... If it takes four years... Uh, that's sitting at the bottom of the standings, and then it'll take some time to uh, consistently stay at the top of the. You know, it's it's uh, that's a long term process. So mm-hmm. uh, again, I, I just caution uh, the the conclusions of the summary uh, from this. Also, want to say before we move to the next uh, to the next survey response that we're going to to examine, um, we'd love to hear your mm-hmm. responses to each of these things as well. So. Uh, you know, either make a mental note and, and if you're listening, uh, you know, in transit or the car or something like that, or you're out for a walk um, and, and be sure to to send us a, a text or an email or, or a reply on Twitter or Facebook and let us know how you're feeling about all of these topics. Uh, or if you're sitting at home uh, and you have a, a scrap of paper nearby, just start jotting down uh, your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you um, because your fans as well, and your responses are just as important. Um, Next up uh, was a question basically asking that during the rebuild, what should be the goal? Um, And 68.4% responded that developing top prospects like Suzuki, Caulfield, and Slavkovsky should be the Montreal Canadiens management top priority during the rebuild. And I think everybody can get... um, um get behind that yeah uh, the way the 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 questionnaire was uh, assembled the 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 choices other than that first one were were not re- not really enticing so you can see why everyone gravitated to that that first 
uh, Choice, uh, but Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, uh, Gooley, Baron, Harris, those are the future of the team. Those are the, the players that uh, fans can get excited about, and uh, they want to make sure that, uh, that, that the management and that the coaching staff supports them um, and that's going to require something a little different from Marty St. Louis. We know that he he certainly made a difference with his favorites, guys that played like him last year. He's going to have to uh, be a coach to every uh, team on or every player on that uh, uh, roster uh, this coming year. I've said from the the hiring of of. Jeff Gordon and Kent Hughes, uh, and as soon as they started using the word development quite often in every one of their press availabilities and interviews, that I was uh, very, very optimistic that that was going to become a a big focus for the Montreal Canadiens franchise moving forward. And so I can certainly be one of those that gets behind uh, that being a priority during the rebuild. Um, and I'll just add the the one at the bottom of the list was win as many games as possible. <laughs> um, and and we talked about Joel Bouchard and we like to poke fun at him. Uh, I just remember he his uh, phrase was when you asked him about development, his response was winning is development. Uh, apparently, Habs fans disagree with that. That's yes. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than just that. Uh, so kind of going along with what I just said about how, uh, you know, I, I've been encouraged by how much, uh, the new management of the Canadians has talked about development needing to be a bigger priority and focus in their strategy. Um, going along with that in terms of the new management in general, do fans support the direction, uh, that Jeff Gordon, Kent Hughes, the new management are taking an 80, uh, an overwhelming 86.1% of fans, quote, gave Gordon and Hughes a confidence score between 8 and 10. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident, uh, you know, how much do you support and, and confident, how much confidence do you have in, in Gordon and Hughes? 86.1% of them giving the two of them a confidence score between eight and 10, which was, which is a pretty resounding uh, show of support. The honeymoon period, you might expect this. And, and to their credit, the, uh, the writers at the athletics said, um, we all did this. They, they made the assumption. We all, we all did the same thing when, when Mark Bergevin and, and folks were uh, very willing to put their trust in, in him and his decisions. Uh, we weren't, um, we, Although I do agree, it was a it was an improvement on Gautier, Pierre Gautier. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that's why um, you know we've said that uh, there have been things that we fully support, um, and and the decisions by Gordon and Hughes. There's other things that we're a little skeptical on, and I think it's a healthy skepticism. Um, but uh, it, it's it's pretty natural for. Um, early on uh, for uh, for fans to support the direction, a new direction, especially when it's so different from the previous direction. Uh, I'll just temper a little bit. Remember the confidence, the overall um, uh, NHL confidence survey that that the um, that the Athletic put out a couple of weeks ago for all teams. Uh, the Canadians only, uh, I, um, it's off the top of my head, it was about 17. They finished about 17th in the league. Um, so at that time, uh, Canadians fans were uh, a little less confident in there. And and that also included fans from around the league um, that uh, were a little less confident in the direction. Now, 
there's new management, but there's also a new head coach. Um, it will, we have been very vocal about how we feel about our expectations and our analysis of, of how wise or unwise we feel the hiring of Marty St. Louis, uh, and, and who has been put in place as his assistant coach coaches, uh, has, has been, but what do fans think about Marty St. Louis? We know Marty St. Louis was very popular as a player, uh, and certainly very, uh, attractive as a player, uh, for, for, for Quebecers and, and people in Montreal. Um, and so the way this kind of got laid out in the athletic article, you know, it wasn't just rate how much you love Marty St. Louis on a scale of one to 10. It was, you know, it was things like, um, I think, you know, I just fully support him, period. Um, you know, I think that it was uh, a wrong move. It was, there, there's a couple of different um, choices, but 55 point, the, the, the biggest response came in the 55.9% of respondents uh, indicating that they had some doubts, but expected that he would improve. So it's almost like cautious optimism. Yeah, I think that's that's well said. Uh, Marty St. Louis is presented in the media. Uh, his his uh, the impression from fans is is often presented very rosy, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's he's a likable person as a personality. Yeah, he is very uh, popular and and likable. Um, but as far as as fans' confidence in him as a coach. Uh, 38% have total confidence in him. Uh, 62% have concerns. It, it might be some doubts. It might be worried about his experience, um, about his impatience uh, with losing and, and sacrificing some of the development. So um, it's not as, as rosy as, as you might um, be led to believe here. That fans, fans are smart enough that they know uh, inexperience, uh, experience matters, and, and uh, that's a rather inexperienced um, uh, bench um, with all the coaching staff, and, and that causes uh, some concerns. Uh, cautious optimism, but there are some concerns. Absolutely. And, you know, as I've said, um, on our podcasts and on our YouTube channel all summer, I would love for Marty St. Louis to prove my hesitation wrong. Uh, always say that, you know, anytime that there's a criticism like that, I, you know, prove me wrong, please, please, please prove me wrong. Um, you know, it's one of those things. I don't want to be proven right on that one. Um, now we talked about expectations in terms of the, a rebuild and, and a timeline and, and what, success in a rebuild would look like part of that is consistency uh, that you had mentioned a little earlier and consistently reaching the playoffs is is one uh, tier to to aspire to but to consistently reach as far as the conference finals the athletic asked its respondents what they felt is the biggest obstacle for the montreal canadians to consistently reach the conference finals, which is a pretty big deal. Um, 41.8% of them pointed to a lack of top pair defensemen. I can agree with that. And 39.1% singled out the fact that the organization does not have a goalie of the future. Gee. So 81%, <laughs> if you total those, 81% are concerned about the back end. Not right. necessarily concerned about forwards, 
but 81% are, are uh, saying that the biggest obstacle to getting to that step, sustained, sustained success, um, re revolves around the back end. Um, there are prospects, uh, very good prospects uh, on the defensive side, but um, there is a concern that there's no obvious uh, number one uh, uh, top pairing defenseman. Um, and uh, as we talked about earlier, no goalie of the future. Not at all. Uh, now, they were also asked who the most, who they felt the most promising prospect was. Uh, I, I thought it was interesting that the authors did comment and say that um, they heard from a lot of respondents who said they would have preferred to have been able to give their top three pros prospects instead of just uh, just picking out one. Uh, but since they could only choose one, 62.7% of respondents chose Caden Gooley as the Canadian's most promising prospect. I think that's pretty spot on. Um, I, I, I didn't see the, I didn't do the original survey. I, I, I'm just wondering where Slavkovsky, if he was not included, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I, th I thought it was, is, it was odd because, uh, Caden Gooley's first Lane Hudson, uh, second, uh, and those are the only two significant numbers in Lane Hudson train trails, uh, Caden Gooley by a mile, uh, 62% versus 15%. Uh, there was some discrepancy that they referred and not discrepancy but a difference between um anglophone and francophones uh, in the way they responded but Caden Gooley is is the prospect that uh, most Habs fans uh, truly believe in absolutely uh when talking about players uh we've mentioned that um we talked about this in the first segment that even though uh Kent Hughes was able to put Carey Price on LTIR uh, to to help uh, with some cap relief in order to sign Kirby Doc. Uh, that uh, more is going to need to be done. Uh, Kent Hughes, in fact, even even said phones are still working, but he's not going to make a trade simply for uh, simply to dump cap. That there has to be an advantage to it. Um, and so, you, when talking about trade assets, the athletic asked uh, respondents who they feel the most valuable trade asset is for the Canadians right now. And fifty six point five percent of them chose Josh Anderson. I think that's fair. Um, I think so too. Um, I think um, there there are a number of teams who have called about Josh Anderson and and would be valuable in terms of uh, a. a trade assets coming back uh, to the Canadians it would be a difficult trade to, to made it make. It's going to be a, a hockey trade as they, they pointed out in the athletic. Uh, I don't think this is a trade that's going to be used simply for uh, creating room uh, by Kent Hughes. I expect um, I, I expect that someone that, that forward we know we talked about it uh, too many forwards for the Canadians uh, between now and the beginning of the season I believe one forward is going to be traded uh, in my opinion it's going to be Mike Hoffman I simply don't see a place for Mike Hoffman on this roster and um, that there's going to be uh, virtually nothing coming back um, a late pick uh, maybe it's it's uh, futures, uh, but Mike Hoffman will be uh, the player that uh, that frees up a bit of salary. Uh, if if uh, and and we heard that um, uh, Kent Hughes also said this week that he would like to make additions to the lineup. 
Um, and uh, he would probably do that, and, and I, I think he's talking about um, uh, experience on defense. He would probably do that um, using waivers. He mentioned uh, picking up players uh, on waivers uh, from teams that are a bit uh, cash-strapped, and uh, so as far as the, 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 the moves that are going to take place before the opening, that's kind of what uh, I see happening. I'll just uh, uh, mention that uh, Canadians fans were asked what was uh, their favorite move of the offseason. Again, a, a bit of surprise here. Uh, we know that, that um, the majority of, of Canadians fans wanted Shane Wright. Uh, they're warming up to Uri Slavkovsky. But uh, the Montreal Canadiens picking first off overall and, and getting Uri Slavkovsky just 16% said that was their favorite uh, move of the offseason, which is stunning to me. Yeah. Uh, Sean Monaghan, boring Sean Monaghan, <laughs> uh, for no return, um, uh, 41.7% uh, uh, right at the top of the list. Wow. Sean Monaghan. Who and and uh, Kirby Doc, uh, number three overall. Just uh, four per, uh, sorry, six point nine percent. I think uh, Romanov being such a popular player was yeah, a factor there. I think so too, and I th- and I think Doc not having lived up to his potential yet probably has some people on the fence about that. Um, here's the perennial question that's been running around all summer long, and of course, uh, the Athletic gave readers uh, an opportunity to answer who they thought should be the Habs' next captain, uh, and. I guess I should not be surprised that the majority of 63.7% chose Nick Suzuki, although I was pleased to see that there was a decent amount of respondents who did choose uh, Joel Edmondson, who, in my opinion, is the guy who should wear the next C. Yeah, 21% for Joel Edmondson. I think that's the the number that's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of love at all for Brendan Gallagher, particularly by francophones. Um, And... uh, in, we talked about Matthew Perot. Um, he's already um, acting like a person in the media. He said his choice would be uh, Nick Suzuki, supported by uh, Joel Edmondson. Hmm. Um, so interesting there. Uh, but Canadians fans, I think the expectation is that Suzuki is going to be named. Um, Joel Edmondson it will have a big part to play as far as the leadership team. I think so too. Um, interesting question that, you know... Um, you wondered how this wouldn't be just, well, I guess for me, it should be a resounding yes. Um, and 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 the majority did answer along those lines as well. Should Carey Price's number be retired? Should the 31 hang from the rafters at the Bell Center? Uh, 75.8% of respondents answering yes to that. So three quarters of them, but there's uh, there's that... 25% who did not agree with that. Uh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> should, he, should he? Yeah. And, and it was all the media members who were uh, responding to this survey that voted against it. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but 75, uh, of course, uh, one, not only one of the best Canadian uh, Canadians ever, that's obvious, setting all kinds of goaltending records, but for 15 years, and we put out the, the stats, uh, was one of the best players uh, in the world uh, at the time. So, um, of course, um, not even, and, and maybe maybe the authors were hoping for a different result, but Canadians fans, pretty resounding there. Yes. Now, here was an interesting 
question. Uh, it's the last one that we're going to take a look at from this from this survey. There were other questions that were asked in, in the athletic survey, so this was just a, a, a sampling of them that we just wanted to examine. This was an interesting one um, for, for the question itself and what could have been the results, but also for how this question was laid out. Um, in terms of what options respondents had to choose from. The question is, why is Montreal no longer a desirable destination for top players? Um, and Rick, I think, you know, you and I were talking about this question even before the show started, and I think it's unfortunate that the options that fans were given to choose from to answer the question of why Montreal is no longer a desirable destination uh, left a lot to be desired because it really wasn't honestly all-inclusive of what the current uh, issues are, potential issues are for players choosing Montreal as their destination. One of the things we like about being an independent media organization is that we can be honest. We can be honest with our fans and, and they want us to be honest with them. And we've, we've had a very good uh, response and a good dialogue between them. Um, there's lots of media organizations for various reasons because of who they're funded by, because of them being, um, you know, having, being a rights holder, um, that, that they aren't able to be honest. And, and this is a question that, uh, obviously an example of that. Um, and, and again, this is uh, another example of, uh, these folks aren't social scientists, they aren't mathematicians, they aren't statisticians, uh, in putting together this, uh, this survey. Um, what's keeping the good players away? We know, uh, we, we know, we don't know the percentages, but we know because we've heard from fans, we've heard from players directly, the things that are uh, making Montreal not a top destination for top players anymore. Taxes, absolutely taxes. Um, and, and they include that and, and they come out with 43% as, as the, uh, the number one response, but there, uh, their other choices are maybe less. Well, they're just not. They're just not genuine. Uh, lack, lack of success. Um, if well, okay. If I have to pick something, fans are saying uh, weather. Well, we've heard that that spouses don't necessarily like the the Montreal weather, but there's worse. There's better. There's worse. Um, and at nineteen percent, we have pa fans who are far too passionate, and that's scaring <laughs> away all of the top players. They're way too passionate in Montreal. We don't want to play there. Um, it's not the media scrutiny at all. Uh, yeah, it's not the media scrutiny. It's not the uh, vicious, aggressive media. It's not the media who have agendas already written. Uh, it's not the xenophobic media. Um, it's uh, it, They've turned this question around and are pointing the finger at fans. It's your fault. Uh, that nobody wants to come, none of the good players want to come here. That's, that's just utter nonsense. Um, and, and they, um, you know, they, they try to explain because uh, the respondents just hammered them for uh, the way they set this up and said, listen, it's the media. And, and they try to explain in the notes saying, oh no, we're just a reflection of, of, of what you tell us. And, yeah. and of course, we know that's not the case. We absolutely know that's not the case, um, that there is an agenda-driven media in, um, in Montreal. 
Um, so, uh, so let's look at this honestly. If we were doing this honestly, uh, we know it would be taxes. Um, and, and I'd say we don't get political here at all, ever. Uh, but the Canadians' fans could be a pretty large voting block if they decided to do something, to say something, to force their politicians to do something about uh, taxes. Mm-hmm. I know Canadians' fans talk about tax-adjusted salary cap. There's zero interest in that in the National Hockey League. As fans, you can do something about it. Uh, secondly, we know, we've heard it from players, we've heard from their families. They have questions and concerns and and about the language restrictions, about education um, for their children in the language of choice. They That's a major concern, but... Yeah. but it it they didn't want to get into they it omitted here. that completely completely and and it's a it's an enormous talking point and sticking point uh particularly with new laws and and bylaws and whatnot that the quebec government has been putting down recently it is becoming an ever increasing mm-hmm. uh topic of conversation and for them to omit that completely from this survey uh to me made this question completely disingenuous. We know that there, there's been chat groups set up by agents, players' agents, where they're talking about the new uh, legislation in Quebec uh, for their clients. Um, you know, Jeff Petrie, what did, and his family, what did he complain about? COVID regulations. How about how about uh, put that on on uh, because we know uh, not only Jeff Petrie, but there have been players across Canada with the Canadian franchises who have made choices based on um, on, on their destinations based on those COVID regulations um, and, and be honest and deal with that. And again, um, yeah, put yourselves down there, put the media down there. uh, And no doubt in my mind uh, that that would have uh, absolutely topped the list if uh, fans had been given that opportunity. All in all, um, an interesting survey with some fascinating results in some areas and certainly areas in the survey that were very lacking for for genuineness and and complete transparency uh, and not kind of driving uh, the answer in some situations. So a little bit of the good, a little bit of the bad, but very interesting to see. As I said at the top of this segment, what we're interested in is what you think about all of these things. If you've got a a passionate opinion about one or more of these questions that we just reviewed from this athletic survey, uh, drop us a comment, drop us a text at 5853ROCKET, send us an email at info at allhabs.net, or uh, simply drop a comment on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know. Make your voice heard, uh, because perhaps the people that responded to uh, this survey do not speak for you and and speak in a different way. Um, and we'd love to hear what you have to say about all of that. Uh, it was a very interesting thing. There's a lot of expectations uh, between the franchise, the media, and fans as to what's going to happen this coming season. Uh, and sometimes those goals all come together cohesively and sometimes different uh, groups 
are have have different goals uh, in mind, and it's just always uh, fascinating to to evaluate and explore all of those. And a push and pull, and, and that's to be expected, of course. Um, all right, we are going to take our next break, and uh, we have a brand new sponsor here uh, on the Canadians Connection. Uh, the good folks over at Raycon are now sponsoring the show as well. Uh, we've got a great offer for you. Um, not only are Raycon's uh, earbuds, they're actually, they're very affordable compared to premium brands out there. Uh, and, and I would know I have a, <laughs> as a podcast producer and as a full-time voice actor, uh, my, my earwear, uh, my headphones are a, a big part of my uh, daily equipment. I have some of those big names and the Raycon earbuds are just as good, if not better in some instances. At a very affordable price point. And in this uh, in this next commercial you're going to hear, we've got some great incentives and great features. Uh, I've been trying out the Raycon Everyday Earbuds for the past uh, week and a half to two weeks. And so uh, in this next commercial break, I'm going to tell you what I like about it and give you a special offer to get a great discount uh, on uh headphones and and audio accessories over at Raycon's website. So check that out. When we come back, we are going to uh, let you know what the question of the week is for you to answer, as well as get you caught up on anything that you might have missed from our other platforms here at Rocket Sports Media. So don't go anywhere. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of great 80s music on Spotify. Can you blame me? Sometimes the 80s just really sound great. It's really been fun, and one reason it's been great to listen to it is because I've been using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. Uh, Now, with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, which my ears are always really difficult to get a custom snug fit for in-ear earbuds, and uh, Raycon's got such a wide variety, it's just perfect. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge, trust me. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life. They're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Some of the things that I love about it, uh, there's customizable sound profiles. So whether you're listening to something like jazz that you really want a, a pure sound, they have a setting for that. If you're listening to some 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 dance or some, you know, pop hip hop, that kind of thing. You want something a little bassier? Well, they have a setting for that as well. Uh, Everything is controlled through tap functions right on the earbuds, whether it's moving ahead or forward with your tracks or your volume control or what sound setting you want. There's also what they call an awareness mode uh, where you can press that and it allows some more sound from your environment to seep in so that you can still hear what's going on around you while you're listening to your favorite music or podcast or anything like that. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN.
And welcome back to episode 208 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Don't forget, follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Text us at any time via the Rocket Sports text line at 5853 Rocket. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. We don't ever want you to miss an episode every Saturday. Uh, and uh, with the season just getting uh, the, the, the first inklings of the season getting underway, we don't want you to miss a single minute of it. Um, we also don't want you to miss any of the great content we've had across our Rocket Sports platforms this past week, starting with All Habs Hockey Magazine. You can find that at allhabs.net. Uh, and of course, as always, the trusty tr- Chris G with his Habs Notepad article uh, comes out every Monday to get you caught up on all of the latest Habs and, and Laval and, and Trois-Rivières news uh, throughout the year, um, as well as occasionally, uh, Tuesday through Friday, you might also, uh, and, and now that the season news is going to start coming out a lot uh, faster, so you'll see Habs headlines articles, courtesy of Rick, uh, coming out uh, Tuesday through Friday as well when when news warrants it. So be sure to bookmark allhabs.net. Check that daily. Uh, Also be sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, You can find that at youtube.com slash allhabs. Every Thursday I host a show there on our YouTube channel called Habs Hockey Report, where uh, take a look uh, if if YouTube is the platform you prefer to uh, consume some of your news by. I give you all the latest Habs news. Uh, Laval Rocket News, lots of fan interaction there um, as well. If you like to have your voice heard, join the conversation. Uh, that's a great way to do it. Also, uh, we will have more exclusive interviews with Habs prospects on on that show uh, this coming year as well. So you want to be sure to subscribe at youtube.com slash allhabs. Also, we've mentioned a couple times, be sure you're subscribed to both this podcast as well as our sister podcast uh, hosted by myself and Rick Stevens called The Press Zone. Uh, That's our prospects-related podcast. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. And as we mentioned earlier this week, uh, Patrick Williams, of course, the AHL guru, member of here at, uh, you know, writer for feature contributor for the AHL's official website, the AHL contributor for the NHL's website, but he's also a contributor here at Rocket Sports Media as well. So uh, looking forward to another great episode of the Press Zone podcast this Tuesday. I'm just going to mention, we've mentioned our Facebook group a couple of times, facebook.com slash allhabs. It's a community of 50,000 Habs fans, and it's where um, um, lots of people react to uh, current events and current stories out there. I should also mention, it's something we haven't really talked much about, uh, and and it came to mind because I heard that I think it's in the neighborhood of 25% of of people um, uh, get their news from Facebook. Um, All Habs is a registered news source by Facebook, acknowledged as a a registered news source. Um, So for that, uh, you know, we've always said we're the play, we're the uh, source that you can trust. And we've been that way for a dozen years. And we're very proud uh, that we are a registered news source for the Montreal Canadiens on Facebook. So go to facebook.com slash All Habs. And that's a very important point to make because, you know, there's... Anybody can put up a Facebook page, but uh, it, it requires a certain amount of history and credibility and uh, serious uh, business uh, to be registered as a news outlet with the fine folks over at Facebook. So 
Uh, we appreciate your loyal readership and following there on that platform, uh, which has, of course, uh, added to that credibility as well. And in, in addition to our terrific team members, our, our credentials uh, in hockey and so forth. So be sure you check us out over at the Facebook page and join that Facebook group. Lots of conversations happening all the time there. Um, also, We've mentioned for the last month or so that it is the time of year that, uh, of course, we're putting the call out if you're interested in joining our Rocket Sports team, that we certainly want to hear from you as we start to get organized here before the season officially gets underway. Uh, You just head over to allhabs.net and click on the Join Our Team tab. There's an application there for you to fill out, uh, giving you... uh, a chance to tell us a little bit about you and and to tell us what areas you have some expertise or interests in um and rick in fact i think that i th- i think that uh there have been some people clicking on the join our team tab absolutely we, we've been getting uh, applications going through the applications and this past week i've had an opportunity uh, to have some really great conversations uh, with folks, interviewees, people that want to join the Rocket Sports team. They want to contribute. Um, and uh, fascinating, fascinating um, skills, uh, fascinating stories. Um, and uh, they, they've been following our work either on the website or through the podcast. Very loyal listeners. And, and it's very interesting to hear them feedback uh, about the kinds of stories that uh, we've done and the way that we've inspired them to to join the team. Great conversations. So over the next few weeks, um, we'll be adding uh, to our team and and, uh, excited to make some announcements. Absolutely. But that does not mean that it's too late for you to get your application in as well. Allhabs.net. Click the Join Our Team tab and uh, tell us why you want to become a contributor here at Rocket Sports. Uh, In addition, we mentioned we love to hear from you, uh, not just about the topics that we had in segment two, but we always have a Canadians Connection question of the week. And so this week, we want to hear from you and know, are you confident that Kirby Doc will become a Canadians second line center? Kent Hughes is betting on Kirby Doc. Uh, are you? And uh, we want to hear from you, uh, your opinion. Reach out to us uh, for all the sources we mentioned. Absolutely. So uh, it is starting to get close, and we actually have hockey game dates to announce for upcoming important dates. First, the Canadians' annual golf tournament will take place on Monday. That's September 12th. Uh, we know that that's always kind of the unofficial start of the Canadians' uh, camp season. Uh, and, of course, then two days later... W- on- wouldn't that be a great place to announce a new captain at the <laughs> golf tournament? I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. Uh, two days later on Wednesday, September 14th, Canadian's rookie camp opens at uh, the sports complex in Broussard. Uh, they're basically reporting the rookies that day just for uh, physicals and medicals uh, is, is really all that's going to happen because then they're going to head to Buffalo for the rookie tournament that the Sabres are hosting, uh, the the five NHL team rookie tournament that the Sabres are hosting at Harbor Center, which is their practice facility uh, immediately adjacent to Key Bank Arena. And so uh, they're wasting no time. Uh, Canadians rookie camp starts on Wednesday with physicals and medicals. They head to Buffalo. They play Buffalo when uh, excuse me Thursday night September 15th at 7 p.m. they then face the New Jersey Devils on Friday night at 7 p.m. 
they get Saturday off, and then Sunday at noon, uh, Montreal and Ottawa's rookies will face off against one another. So They scheduled around the Canadians Connection podcast. They did. They wanted to be sure that there were no distractions for next week. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, speaking of important dates and events coming up, we did, of course, want to take a moment to acknowledge two important things uh, this week. First, um, to to mark our acknowledgement and and thanks and condolences uh, to the royal family and and uh, our acknowledgement of the era that has now passed us with the passing of Queen Elizabeth II this week. Um, of course, uh, you know, a big part of Canadian history as well uh, and Canadian culture as well. Uh, and uh, it's certainly longest reigning monarch in the history of Great Britain. And she will certainly leave a mark for a very long time on a lot of people, both in England and beyond. A remarkable lifetime of public service, seven decades um, she brought people together. Um, she was a stabilizing force in the world and the Commonwealth, uh, touched lives, provided hope. Um, and uh, what's interesting is, is, um, seeing hockey fans and hockey media putting out the, the um, you know, the, the pictures of, of when she interacted with, with, uh, hockey players and, uh, and folks in Winnipeg particularly will never <laughs> forget the original Winnipeg arena had an enormous, uh, portrait of the queen in one end. And, um, she, she would look over those games and just, uh, absolutely remarkable. Of course she touched other sports too. She's, uh, knighted some F1 dri- drivers. And I know that, uh, in formula one, they're paying tribute to her, uh, this, uh, this weekend, uh, just, uh, a remarkable, uh, life of service. Absolutely. Uh, in addition to that, we also want to be sure to not miss the opportunity to just um, pay our respects and acknowledgement to the uh, 9-11 remembrance that will take place uh, this this weekend, uh, of course, September 11th. It still feels, for those of us who lived through it, it still feels like it was just yesterday. It does not feel like it has been 21 years since the events of September 11th, 2001 occurred, but we uh, as as it was heralded that year when it happened, never forget was the was the motto that year. And 21 years later, we certainly do do not want to forget uh, the tragedy that occurred that day and uh, how the so many people in the United States and Canada uh, and around the world pulled together uh, in support of of the tragic events and, and what happened that day. So uh, our thoughts go out to anyone who is affected by that remembrance this weekend. My memories, my personal memories are, are still quite vivid. I was in Toronto at the time and, and the way that city, city was affected, the folks in Newfoundland uh, and across Canada, how um, we may have been affected. We may have had uh, people that we knew involved, uh, but just uh, our, our, our support uh, for our friends uh, across the border, and 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 that has uh, continued to this day. Absolutely, uh, being someone who who lives in eastern Pennsylvania, it was kind of a a double whammy. I'm I'm only uh, about an hour and a half's drive from uh, the financial district of Manhattan, uh, and and was on the Hudson outside of Lower Manhattan just two weeks after this, and could still see smoke rising from from 
ground zero. In addition, uh, you had the plane that went down in western Pennsylvania uh, of, of the brave souls on that plane who made sure that those hijackers did not make it to Washington, D.C., where we believe the White House would have been the target. So, uh, yes, very impactful day uh, for me uh, that day as well. Uh, as you say, uh, my memories are, are quite vivid from that day. It was it was quite terrifying being that close to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just think of everyone uh, involved thinking back this weekend to the events of that of that day. Uh, for next weekend, Michael Spinella will be back in the hosting chair. Uh, I will be, I, I was happy to keep it warm for him this week. Uh, thanks so much for having me. But Saturday, September 15th will be the next episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Michael Spinella will be, up, will be back in the seat. Thanks so much for letting me pop in as the guest host for this week. Uh, Rick, it was, it was a lot of fun. Great discussions and uh, happy to, to get to talk to uh, our great Canadians Connections listeners today and all week long as they listen to the show. Terrific to have you here, and uh, we'll see you again on Tuesday for The Press Zone with Patrick Williams. Absolutely. Don't forget, you can text us anytime at the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. Be sure to hit the subscribe button, and just come back here next Saturday for another great episode of the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.